Blog Talk Radio. Okay. The Ken's on. His mic's not working, though. Well, geez, I guess it wouldn't be another episode of Geekish Cast Live if we weren't having some kind of audio trouble. I know. you got to keep the traditions alive. Exactly. Um, that was our theme song. I am your host, Jeremy, and definitely not a twin from a parallel universe trying to infiltrate your planet. And joining me in the guest host seat this week is the Ayatollah of Jack and Cola, Paul Vieira. What's happening, Paul? What's going on, fellas? Well, same old stuff. Also joining us... Uh, who would be in the drummer's position, I'd be announcing him fourth, but for some reason Ken's mic's not working yet, is uh, pizza aficionado, writer, director, comic book collector, O. Corbin Salikin. What's happening, Corbin? Oh, thank you very much. I'm doing great. I'm glad that I've got that pizza aficionado. That's a good one to have. It, it's um, it, it will take you around the planet, honestly, so it's, it's a good one to carry, yeah. Yep, I will. I wear it proudly. Yeah. Also, Ken, if you can hear us, if you want to hang uh, hang up and then just dial us on the phone, you can call us at 713-955-0714. That might be the easiest way to go. Uh, in the meantime, guys, we'll just get rolling, but Ken Carlson, uh, web, web series creator, writer, director, should be joining us to fill in for Joe tonight. Joe is on a special assignment at a movie theater, but we're not going to tell you what he's seeing until next week. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's grab this real quick. And also joining us from the Pacific Northwest, Ken Carlson. What's happening, Ken? Howdy. No, not much. How's it going? Can you hear me? Hey. I, I can hear you, yeah. Let's Sweet. go. Uh, we're going to dump your initial call now, so uh, we should yeah, all be good there. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. So we got three Americans, one Canadian, but two people are in the Pacific Northwest. So all sorts all right, of geological nice. and effective things going on here. Um, Cascadia Uber Allis. That, that's pretty much it. Yeah, if you go off of Jefferson's initial plans, anyhow. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, just to get us rolling, and uh, uh, Corbin and Ken, we didn't do this the last time either one of you were on. We have a new segment now called uh, What Are You Geeking Out About? And we'll start with me and Paul and then go to you guys. Paul, what are you geeking out about this week? Um. Thor, man. That's, that's, nice. There's nothing else for me to kick out about this week. I freaking love that movie. That's all I'm going to say about it. We'll do a review later. But I yeah. loved, it, loved it. I'm going to watch it again. Uh, as you know, I'm a dad, and I took my kids to see it, and they loved it. So I love being able to watch stuff with my kids and us both all enjoy it. So I dug it. I know people have problems with it, but I was I, I, I liked it a lot. I haven't heard a complaint yet. Yeah, I haven't heard a complaint yet. I haven't got to see it yet because I've been super busy and my dad's in the hospital. So my, you know, my scheduling and everything's all goofed up. So hopefully I'll get to see it this weekend if everything else goes well. Um, Me personally, um, I'm still stuck on this Friday the 13th game on PS4. (laughs) Still. (laughs) I, uh, I can't get enough of this thing. Um, so yeah, that's 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 for me. Uh, we put together a small gang. You know, Dominic Davy from uh, Tsunami yeah. Bombs playing with us now. We got a couple of local artists that are playing with us, and met a few other people. So we've got an almost full game that we put together. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so so one of you guys in order here. Whenever I ask, you'll just tell us what you're into this week. So Corbin, let's start with you. What are you geeking out about? Uh, well, I haven't seen Thor yet. I was away this weekend at a film festival, but uh, actually, I'm I'm still geeking out about Netflix's Mindhunter miniseries. Oh, good. Oh, so yeah, good. that's a good one. 
It's so good. I mean, I was a little skeptical, not because I think David, I think David Fisher is amazing, and I think Zodiac is one of the best movies ever made. But I just kind of thought, is he just going back to that well? Is he just going to do that again? And no, I, it's it's amazing. It's yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah, you know, my Fincher, only complaint, man. my only complaint with the show is that the cars are too clean. <laughs> when you see like, you see these shots of a street with all this vintage '70s vehicles, and yeah. everyone looks like they've just gone through the car wash. It's just that's my only thing. <laughs> it's ruining the show for me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get that out of my head. <laughs> Got to yeah. showcase those classic rides, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the Americans kind of has that same problem, too, where you're looking at all these early oh, 80s cars, the and they're all super clean. Yeah. Yeah. But all the cars are just, like, way cleaner than cars were back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Like, I did find all, myself watching it just for the cars, though, sometimes. Yeah. No, it's pretty yeah. – I'm always doing that, too, and just thinking, like, how far down the block did they have to set deck? And, yeah. Right. That's awesome. Ken, what are you geeking out Ooh, about this start. week? Man, I'm still geeking out about Discovery. I love Discovery. It's amazing. Oh, right I, on. Uh, nice. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so much. I feel like it's it's one of the better Star Trek shows that's that's ever been out there. Hate the Klingon redesign. Love the show. Um, <laughs> I'm also geeking out a little bit about Cuphead still. I haven't, I, you know, I, I took a break from it. I got to the devil. I'm having a little trouble beating the devil. It's, it's pretty tough for me, but... Uh, that and National Novel Writing Month, man. I'm working on a fantasy novel, so that's been pretty cool. That's that's what I'm oh, working wow. on. Nice. You definitely got a lot of stuff going on there, then. <laughs> yeah. You know, guys, my too, too many things. My sound is dropping. Yeah, my sound is dropping out about a bit. Is that happening to anybody else? Well, I can hear everybody. Okay. Yeah, no, mine's still okay. okay yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's just on my side here. then. Yeah. Hey, Paul, um, just to get us started, why don't you start with a new story number one about the Shazam movie, and I will be back in one second, okay? Oh, okay, I will. But I only bring this stuff up because I know how much it drives Jeremy crazy talking about the movie <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> so kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. So, uh, so if you guys have been paying attention to the new Shazam movie, like it seems like every week they have a new casting. You know, they had uh, last week they cast... Shazam or Captain Marvel himself, and now they're actually casting Billy Batson uh, with this kid named Asher Angel. Not really familiar with his work, but it looks like everything's coming together. Uh, I want nice. to see what Jeremy has to say with it. <laughs> he gets so mad. I like to use the word Shazam as much as possible because he can't understand the fact <laughs> that this character's name is Shazam. He wants it to be called Car- Captain Marvel or Captain Thunder. Are you guys excited about this? Asher Angel? Because I am. Asher Angel's playing the kid. Who's playing the uh, the actual like uh, Sh- Shazam? Is Zachary, Zachary Levy? Levy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice. From from Chuck. Yeah. Yes. Which is a great show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Oh, you're back. Uh, yep. You want to talk about Shazam? Oh, I, I do hope you mean Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I told you Don't think he does. <laughs> No, I mean Shazam. It says right there in the title. Okay. Well, then obviously we're talking about the wizard, then, right? No, we're talking about uh, uh, Billy Batson turns into someone named Shazam, right? Mm, it sounds sounds familiar, <laughs> but I don't necessarily know that this particular version of the story. <laughs> well, they cast so, Billy uh, Batson. Hold on here. Oh, okay, no, Shazam's yes. cool. I'll watch it. I don't, I don't care. It's, it's, you know, I'll give it a shot. I never read the comics or followed it, so I'm not passionate about it, but I'll, you know, I'll watch pretty much any comic book movie made. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite with comic movies, honestly. I, I mean, I've read them my whole life, and I kind of feel, uh, I don't know, I feel like they're kind of perfect in the form they are, so I'm, I, I don't see that many comic book movies anymore. I'm more interested in just reading the I, comics. I totally agree with you in that uh, you know they're they're better as comics like you know Watchmen mm-hmm. and Alan Moore's stance on that as a prime example. But I I still love seeing comics on the big screen, man. I'm all about it. Uh, me too. I'm I'm a a guy that does both. Love both, and specifically because I do have I have a, a younger I have a 16 year old and a six year old, and I feel like the movies are a way to get my younger son into heroes and then get him into reading comics. My oldest one already reads comics. So I think this is kind of an easy transition to get them to read comics. So 
I like does, it, does it work? Do, do, it, it, do people it go? Because it seems I just read an article about how uh, comic book sales are way down this year, and that it's not like people aren't going from the movies to the comics. It works for our family, mm-hmm. so that's good. Good to hear. I mean, because I have, but I have like thousands of books mm. that when they're like, "Oh, that was cool," I'm like, "Oh, you think that's cool? Well, here's the book," and then mm. my kids will read it. So, yeah. See, I've got, a, I've got, nice. you know. I have thousands too, and I've got a niece and nephews, but I just I can't let them use my uh, my bag read my bag comics yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. young. But otherwise, they're just sitting there in a box, man. and no one's going to read them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Along I, uh, with I remember back in the '90s, I used to collect the the comics for the value and keep them in the bags and everything. And then at some point in the late '90s, oh, I yeah. transitioned to forget about bags. I'm just buying graphic novel trade paperbacks because these these are made to be read and i want to enjoy them and read them over and over again and uh yeah i don't know it's a trade paperbacks yeah. man i'm all about it yeah, yeah i, like I love the trades but I, I still love comic book wednesday i mean i just love going to get the new comics mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely fun to do it on wednesdays mm-hmm. jeremy you still with us I, I am still I am still <laughs> with you, but I, I've shut everything down and I'm still dropping out here and there. So I don't know what my problem is right now. Uh, that's weird. But yeah. we can hear you fine. Okay, you hear my yeah, dog panting? He's like a foot away from the microphone. No, no, good. No, okay. Well, that's not bad then. I'm going to try here. Ollie, go lay down. So Ollie the Greyhound came back in with me, but I also sent her a beer. So I'm going to take a drink of that while we get our heads together. Um... Yeah, so, you know, my little studio room here, Paul, at the house. Yeah, yeah. I have set up part of the room so Deborah can come in, or Jules can come in here and work on writing her follow-up to the bagel cookbook. Nice. But I think my feng shui might be all goofy now. Mm. I'm, wondering if I, I'm wondering if I move my computer too close to a wall where it doesn't necessarily cast the signal that it used to catch. Uh, yeah, you're going to yeah. want to take care of that for sure. Yeah. You're going to want some solid feng shui. You're going to want some solid yeah. feng shui in the room, man. You can't just have fong. You got to have shui too. You know, <laughs> equally important. Yeah, they do go together. Often people treat it like one word. So, um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I'm on board with the Shazam movie. And as much as I'll shit on it in in theory, you know, <clears throat> Captain Marvel is one of my favorite heroes. <laughs> Uh, I do I do have a little issue right now casting a child in any role because I'm just thinking that poor kid, what's his life going to be like in five years? Um, oh, man, I hear you. Yeah. I'm just glad that Charlie Sheen's not playing somebody in this movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like what, whatever happened to Jake Lloyd? Uh, I think uh, a friend of mine who's a prison guard saw him last week, actually. Oh. I think he's doing better. Is he? That's actually, I'm glad to hear that. I don't want to, yeah. you know, mess about he was too back much on his actual. He started going to the conventions again. He, oh, that's good. Yeah. He's starting to feel better. I actually, have any of you guys watched that uh, L3 1976? No. Huh. I, have you heard I of that? I have not, but I saw you post about it the other day, Corbin. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a documentary about all these little bit players from Star Wars who go to the conventions. Like, uh, I mean, David Prowse is in it. Guy who plays Boba Fett, but it's also got it's got like the guy who's standing next to Luke over in the corner when Luke got his medal at the end. It's got like some other guy who's just a guard out, out by the door, like the woman with the big head and Moss Eisley uh, and Greedo, and it's just it's it's really cool. Just just these little guys. Just these small actors talking about how they got on Star Wars and and then how they go to the conventions and stuff. No, oh, that's interesting. I definitely have to check that out. What's it called again? L three nineteen seventy six. Okay, I'm definitely gonna check it out. It's funny because there's a hierarchy too. Because there's some guys. Some of the guys get upset because some person who doesn't actually who's just an extra and they show up at the signings and they're sort of lower down and so yeah, there's there's all this infighting amongst the guys too. <laughs> nice. The hierarchy of uh, extras. Yep. That's pretty funny. Um, Let's move on to the next piece here. And we'll see uh, Amazon in early talks for Lord of the Rings TV series because we don't already have enough Lord of the Rings film (laughs) for the next hundred years. Yeah. 
so you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let somebody else handle this one. Uh, Ken or Corbin, you, you guys want to <laughs> open this topic? Corbin, I got I got a lot to say about this, but if you want to jump in, I'm I'm happy to go for it. Okay. All right. I mean, is anyone really ever going to do more justice to the Lord of the Rings than Peter Jackson did? I kind of don't think so. I kind of think we just saw these movies adapted. Uh, maybe not 100% faithfully, but more faithfully than I think anyone could ever do them. I don't, I don't think that the world, the audience, the, 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 is clamoring for another Lord of the Rings adaptations uh, 15 years after the first ones were made uh, and made so well. Like, there, there yes. are a hundred other fantasy properties out there that are ripe uh, for adaptation into cinema. So why are we redoing Lord of the Rings already? Uh, sorry, I love your company, Jeff. Uh, I use it all the time, uh, unsuccessfully to kind of watch the NFL tonight. Uh, but <laughs> no, come on, no more Lord of the Rings. Give it a rest. It's been done. You can't do it any better than Peter Jackson did it. No yeah, one can do it better than Peter Jackson. Yeah, did it. and the way it was done with the bigatures and the miniatures and everything. Yeah, I agree. Innovative, pioneering, amazing filmmaking. Unless, they are, but are they going to? Are they doing? Because I heard someone's speculating that maybe it's not actually retelling the, that story again, but yeah. it's, it's doing all the spinoffs and Tom Bombadil and the Similarian and all that stuff. That might be well, cool, that would be different. but yeah. I let's visit some that, new worlds, sure. you know? That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Let's visit some new worlds. Yep. No, I, I agree. But it's just, it's a property and they just have to keep going back to the IP. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the IP has demonstrated that it can, you know, make, Millions of dollars. Investors want to want to know that they're going to get their money back. Yep. Oh, we're going to talk about this later. So I'm yeah, glad you guys bringing that up. Why can't I, after 50 years, a good adaptation of Dune? Why do I have to choose between visuals or a faithful retelling story? Why can't I have both? Well, Danny like Villeneuve is supposedly doing Dune. You greedy bastard. <laughs> I know. I know. I saw that. Is, I is, is, is Villeneuve still doing Dune? I mean that I haven't heard that he's not. So apparently that was his. I, that's, he, he may be already starting it after. I'm mean, sure because Blade Runner's been done for a while now. So I trust him with it. Like he. I mean, if there's any name I'm going to trust with it, it, he's the one. Yeah, absolutely. Him or uh, what's his name? Uh, and of course, it escapes me. The Hellboy guy. Oh, Gary Toro. Gary Toro. Yeah, yep. Guillermo. Yeah, he. I, no, I was, that would be awesome. I was thinking Terry Gilliam. Yeah, Terry Gilliam would be cool too, but it would take him like twenty years to make it. That, that yeah, too, many, too many people would die during the making of it too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> that would be too much. Um, wow, you know, and let's keep rolling on this. Seth Rogen's The Boys series lands at Amazon. Amazon is going to own almost everything. <laughs> Eventually, soon. on a long enough timeline, Amazon owns everything. Just, yep. Everything's yeah. coming out in these streaming networks. It's crazy. I don't know how cable's going to last. Well, I think I think cable I think that's the idea. Is actually, they, they're trying to take cable down. I think that's the ultimate yeah. goal. But cable will still be the fastest way to get a signal to a house for a while uh, mm-hmm. coming up until we find some way to just guarantee everybody free high-speed wireless across the world. Based on the performance of Amazon's delivery of Thursday Night Football tonight when I was trying to watch the Seahawks, I'd say cable's <laughs> going to be around for a bit. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm Sorry, running into that to, problem with uh, CBS All Access, too. Not to throw shade on Amazon, but I'm just trying to watch the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. I don't have cable TV, and uh, it's just freezing constantly. It's It's been pretty frustrating tonight. Oh, I haven't tried to watch anything live on Amazon before, so. So are you guys familiar with the Boys series by Garth Ennis? Yeah, I read the whole read the whole thing. Even though yeah, it's, it. it's such a such a mean series, <laughs> so I just don't. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of relentlessly mean. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we, the world needs that series. <laughs> well, I think they'll probably change it up because I mean, Seth Rogen. He, I think he changed up uh, Preacher quite a bit. For yeah, like it, it takes a basic idea and kind of do something different with it, so you're not like just regurgitating the mm-hmm. book onto the screen. So uh, uh, I, I'm interested to see it. I mean, Seth Rogen apparently is going to make everything Garth Ennis has ever printed. <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see. <laughs> and, yeah, and I like the pick. 
So Amazon's, you know, they're superhero stuff. I mean, I, I enjoy the tick. I, I personally like the tick. So if Amazon's going to keep with that type of style, I could I could see a boys being fairly decent. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, they're doing. I just read the, that uh, like Netflix is doing the Umbrella Academy. Yes, and Ellen Page just, just got cast. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it's just everything is. <laughs> I, I mean, it makes sense. These properties are just sitting there, and the people who probably read them initially, there weren't that many of them, so why not adapt it? Yeah, yeah. and they just ca- they just did the whole cast for um, a Rick Remender's. Jeez, uh, why am I having? A oh, Deadly Class. Deadly Class. They did. They released the whole cast for it. Oh really? I haven't seen that. Yeah, I'm reading. That's a great. That's a great book. Yeah, and the cat. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the the actress and actresses mm-hmm. on it, but they looked like I saw the pictures of the kids, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Well, which who's doing that? Which company's doing Deadly Cat Glass? Man, I don't know. I'm like I'm brain farting for some reason right now. <laughs> stupid, stupid porter beer. <laughs> but I'll find out. Keep going, and I'll find out for you guys. Okay. Oh, you know what? I do. I do want to bring up Paul. You uh, tweeted me something a little while back after Netflix announced it was buying Our World, and yeah, it was that have... Mark, Mark. Well, Mark Millar and Sam J. Jones were having a beer somewhere in Scotland or England one night. The only reason I like to point this out is that Sam J. Jones' copy of Starlight came from me. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, we were at a convention at the same convention. I went home, got that book, went up to him and said, hey, whoever is doing this movie or if that doesn't happen, you need to get somebody to make Flash Gordon 2 based on this book. And you got another another amazing movie right there ready to go. And a year and a half later, they were sitting in a bar together talking right after Netflix bought uh, Millar World. Coincidence? So Netflix bought yeah. all his stuff? or what, what? They purchased yeah. Millar World. So Millar wow. World is a subsidiary now of Netflix. Holy yep. cow, I hadn't heard that. That's they crazy. Just, you should get yeah. some kind of finder's fee there, Jeremy. <laughs> you know what? I just as long as I get to tell that story and it's true, I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm fine with it. At least a, I got at least my, a credit, you know? Yeah. yeah. I got all my framed uh posters and albums signed by Sam Jones here in the studio, so I'm good, honestly. Yeah. They yeah. just released uh they just will announce the first book that Millar and uh, Cobell are putting out the Magic Order. So, like, part of me is like, are they going to start? Is Millar going to start writing books specifically to be made to television shows from Netflix? Because it sounds like it's probably what's going to happen. So, oh, well, I mean, he basically was doing that already. Yeah, yeah. He's I making mean, he were six that? issues. Yeah, six issue series that are perfect for like a season or a show. Yeah, like I know that the last the one he did with Capullo. What was that? The uh... Uh, Reborn. Yeah, Reborn. I know he's reading about that. I mean, that's. I guess maybe that's going to Netflix, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well yeah. He, in the back, he talked about people wanted to option it as a feature, and he wanted it to be a series. And so I guess if Netflix has bought all this stuff, then maybe that's where it's going. I mean, it would be great. Huck would be great. Supreme would be great. Nemesis would be great. I mean, it seems like he's writing this stuff for television. I mean, Oh, yeah. It, beat by beat, it's, it's totally like a, each one is like a feature, for <laughs> yes. sure. Yes, and Sci-Fi is putting out uh, Deadly Glass. Right. Yeah, we're going to have more. I mean, there's already more television than I can watch. We're going to be up to our throats pretty soon. I have to, I have to be, drop stuff. I have yeah, to drop stuff. we're going to be asking them to stop making so much good TV here pretty soon. But that's good, though, because before we just, anything that was, well, to me, anything that was remotely comic book related, I'd watch, even if, though it was bad. But now I find oh, myself yeah. like, Walking Dead, I'm starting, I'm over it. Now, yeah, now you can be distinguishing because there's yeah. so much content. Which is yep. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm totally like that too. It's like, uh, no, I'm honest, there's always something else. So, yeah, I used to stick with shows. Like, for example, we talked about Chuck earlier. I watched the whole mm-hmm. series of that, and that show, the last few se- seasons of that, just, they weren't yeah. good. But I just kept on watching because I started it. But these yeah. days, I I wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would be. Now, you know, I, I, have to, good. I have to comment real quick on Smallville. I think everybody's favorite bad superhero TV show. <laughs> Apparently, Allison Mack, who played uh, America's sweetheart, uh, what was her what was her character's name? Chloe. Yeah, Chloe. Chloe yeah. 
is the second person in charge of a bizarre sex cult somewhere in North America right now. No, don't you is, yes. Uh, yes, I just I saw that headline. I didn't read the article. Is that legit? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it appears to be a legit thing. Um, she appears to be the second person in some bizarre religious sex cult thing, and I cannot tell you, my heart broke a little bit. Yeah, I remember my heart. <laughs> yeah, I remember always looking at her and going, "I bet you she even smells nice." So <laughs> I was a little bit saddened by this story. That's been a bad week for Hollywood people who have been up to no good and been uh, able to keep it in the dark so far. Yeah, I mean, like Kevin Spacey's being completely recast and uh, replaced in the Ridley Scott movie. Yep. Yeah, and yet that Alabama House of Representative guy who uh, molested a 14-year-old girl will probably still win his election. Yeah, not just one. Go. There are possibly sorry, my bad, or more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's okay because the Bible said so. That's actually what one person yeah. did today. Said, well, Mary was a young girl and Joseph was a grown man. Right. Of course, they're not right. understanding that even in their own religion, he didn't have sex because Mary was a virgin. So that was completely <laughs> the wrong parable to go to. Oh, it's okay because they only yeah. kissed. <laughs> that's That's right. Stupid people. Sorry for turning it political. As I, yeah. No problem. <laughs> I was hoping without Joe here we could avoid that this week because he, he spins me out and I get on <laughs> I get on my soapbox almost weekly. Well, like you now. said, I'm I'm filling in for Joe, so I you know I got to bring that up. I forgot that I, that uh, can I swear here or is that not okay? You uh, can. I try to keep it. I try to keep it down, but you can. It's fine. Okay. Sorry, I forget yeah. that piece of shit's name, but uh, you know whatever. <laughs> Roy Roy Moore would be his name. That's the guy. Yeah, Corbin, yeah, um, you guy. didn't you didn't hear it, but last week Fred Awanek was on with us. Oh, that's and cool. We, we literally did like 18 minutes of us talking bad about the American president, but Paul's part of the armed services and isn't supposed to be involved in those conversations. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just stay quiet. I can have my yeah. opinion. I'm just not really supposed to air it out very much. Not supposed to well, say as, it as out a Canadian, out. as a Canadian, you have to be a little careful now because you know if you want to cross the border, you never know what they might pull up and. So, oh yeah, I mean they're talking yeah. about you know across the border they'll look at your, you know they can ask for passwords and look at your Facebook and see what websites you've visited and so yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a harrowing time. See, when I was in your uh, neck of the woods this summer was during the White Power March in Virginia and uh, the what I'm what I'm going to refer to as the nuclear standoff with North Korea. So it was an right. interesting time to be in a foreign country. I'll just I remember that. that, yeah. Yeah. Good times. I mean, if I went to Vancouver, I'd be I'd be trying to stay there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, when I was there it was it was smoky and it was 100 degrees the whole time, so oh, I had to Well, it was smoky. Home. It was smoky in the Pacific Northwest all summer long, man. Everything was on fire. From That's a good point. British Columbia to Washington, Oregon, California, Idaho, Montana, everything was on fire. Yeah, yeah. And Jeremy had the misfortune of coming up here. Misfortune when it was yeah. We had that sort of week and a half where it just that cloud was here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, we we had it here here in Seattle too. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was the fires are definitely bad this season. Um, let's uh, let's keep moving here. Uh, Denny holding talks to purchase the uh, entertainment arm of 20th Century Fox. Oh, uh, I hope this Boo. happens. Boo! Boo! Uh, Can I just say this would unify the Star Wars universe as well as the Marvel universe? Yes, it would. I want to. I want to hear the why the booze. Yeah. So this is not this is not from a fan's perspective. From a fan's perspective, I would love the X Men being in the MCU, but I'm so against media consolidation that I can't be for this. I think this is a terrible thing for 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 humans on Earth. I think it's a great thing for fans of the X Men. I think it's a terrible thing. For, for the world, so that's that's where my boo is from. Media okay. consolidation, bad. Disney Disney should not have Fox. Yeah, um, no, I agree for that reason. But maybe they're just doing it to justify building Avatar World. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah, as well. Well, uh, we are for, we have long been firmly on the path of Disney uh, monopoly monopolizing yeah. entertainment in general. I mean, since Sonny Bono rewrote the copyright laws to appease the Disney Corporation, um, right? 
them buying Marvel, them buying Lucasfilm, them getting movie theaters to agree to their terms with a jack heel, a jackboot heel on their neck. This has been a almost a hundred year march now to Disney dominance across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hopefully, like we were talking about Amazon owning everything earlier, hopefully Amazon could be a, uh, a fight against that. But I, media con- consolidation in general, I think, is bad. We have anti-trade laws in place for just this purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's bad for consumers overall. No, less, I, yeah. less, less competition. I agree, except that, you know, let's, let's, let's bring this up just because I do have two – filmmakers here who are used to working on uh, small schedules, small budgets, and, you know, things like that. The bar, the barrier to entry to filmmaking is a lot lower than it used to be. So really, you just have to be a good artist and somewhat self-motivated. You can put out a pretty good film these days. I mean, Corbin, you made one of my favorite films the last five years. And Ken, you've done, yeah, you've done, well, let's everybody here for Patterson Wager, a movie I very much love and show to everybody who sits still in my house for more than five minutes. (laughs) Um, and Ken, I love, you know, your, your series dead drift. I love it. And I, I'm kind of waiting to see, I mean, Penny Palabras looks amazing, but I'm kind of waiting to see when everything comes on that. But what do you guys think about, I mean, yeah. So they get all the major, you know, they get all the the big oxygen out of the room because they own star Wars, Marvel, yada, yada, yada. You guys still create original things and go to work with that, and your ability to find an audience is a lot easier than it would have been just say five or six years ago. Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, so, it, it's it's possible, but I find it's because there's so much content too. Is that mm-hmm. it? Almost it's, it's this overload. We were talking about that earlier. Where I mean, yeah. I, it's 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 sometimes it's almost hard because people are just overwhelmed. It's just, and now people it's like, well, if it's not on Netflix, I'm not watching it. And the then signal it's on to Netflix, noise ratio is, is yeah. out of hand for sure. And you can't even find stuff on Netflix either. Just the way Netflix is kind of set up, where you know you turn on, just they kind of hide their content. It's like they give you the content they think you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I mean it's you can make it, but it's it's harder because there are actual places to get revenue from where there used to be. You can make it. I mean I know we talked about this in a previous podcast, Jeremy, but you know it used to be you'd make something put it on a DVD, all the blockbusters, maybe they'd buy it. I mean, right there, that's enough to make another movie uh, or the broadcast would buy it. But now that, that whole guaranteed revenue stream doesn't exist. So you got VOD, but most VOD doesn't pay up front. You got to pay to put it on those platforms. So right. it's, it's tough. You can't get VOD without paying a distributor. It's, yep. So it's, I think it's, it's because of the techno, technological advances, <laughs> it's easier to make something now than it's ever been. Yeah, but it's not any easier to get it in front of eyeballs. No. Um, yeah, so much. So that so that's yeah. a little frustrating. Yeah, you got to pay the rush. I mean, anybody can put, put it up to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, like, go to Putin and say, "Hey, can you make some people watch my show?" And, yep. <laughs> and he'll say, "Yeah," and a, and a million a million bots on Twitter will watch my show. And what does that do mean? Uh, yeah. Nothing, you know. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're actually going to pick this up a little bit in the week's topic, and we got to kind of move on. So the other piece of, like, comic book news this week is that Brian Michael Bendis signed a, an exclusive contract with DC Comics. Man, this is huge. Yeah. Um, huge. Paul and, huge. Well, Paul and Corbin, I really want to get your guys' take on this, because this is definitely in your wheelhouses. Um, who, Whichever one of you would like to start on this, please, please do. Go ahead, Corbin. Uh, I mean, honestly, I never read a lot of his stuff when he was in Marvel because I've mostly been a DC guy. So, I mean, I know I read his his Daredevil, which was good. I remember reading that. So, it'd be interesting. I had they haven't said any, any indication of what he's going to be writing, have they? Nothing yet. He has. There's been lots of rumors being flung around, but he tweeted today like, "Hey, all this rumor stuff, uh, not true." I will as soon as he knows he'll he'll let us know. Like more to come. So nothing officially has been put out what he's gonna start doing. Hmm. Well, hopefully they can do something. Yeah, I mean it's I mean Batman is my main my main guy, so if he does some maybe he'll get on Batman and write some cool Batman stories. That's what I'd love to see. Yeah, that'd yeah be awesome. It to me, I mean, it's great for D C but I think like just how much it affects Marvel 
he's had just a huge influence on Marvel Comics ever since like the new Avengers came out. That I can't even remember how long ago. He's it's it, to me it would be like equivalent of like if Jeff Johns decided like he left DC and went to Marvel. It's like that big. Huh. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's cra- I, it was a huge surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, the Jeff Johns, that's probably the nearest uh, uh, analog that you could give it from company to company. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's sort I of mean, like uh, back for me as a Canadian when Gretzky got traded to uh, to the LA Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> when, when Mike Tyson finally got knocked down. So, like, when oh, uh, yeah. Marshawn Lynch retired for me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really have one to compare. Kind of like when <laughs> Han Solo died for me. I don't. I don't know. That, that didn't really do it. Spoiler alert! <laughs> oh, it's been two years. Get over yourselves, everybody. Dude, I had someone spoil that for me like the day before I went and saw the movie. It was ridiculous. Oh, see, then I would have throat. I would have throat punched that guy. Oh, I was so angry. Like it was just a guy on Facebook that I knew. I blocked his ass, but that that yeah. shit pissed me off. Yeah, if he if he lived in the same state or province as I did, I would have gone over and karate chopped him right in the gullet. <laughs> oh, actually, Jeremy, so yeah. I was reading tweets yeah. by Bendis, and Kevin McGuire, an artist who's a really good artist, tweeted uh, Bendis like something about, "Oh no, we can't work on that one project anymore." And he's like, "Oh, we can we can work on another project." I'm thinking. A group of characters looking up at the camera with their arms crossed. Yes, mm. interesting. <laughs> so I know Jeremy uh, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I almost, I almost ordered that omnibus this week, and then I found out they have two pages reversed and like ten word balloons where they left the words out. So I'm going to wait for a second edition. Really? Yeah, that was all the the, the stuff I read, and I am not getting. Um, Justice League International. Yeah, with without all the words in it. If I miss one, blah ha ha, bad thing. <laughs> so so I don't know if he was just you know joking or what, but that would be pretty cool. We we that need would. more Kevin McGuire books. Yes, Garen. Yes, Kevin McGuire and Bendis on a, a Justice League a GSA or. Would be would be pretty cool. Yes, that that would be great. I I would buy that. <laughs> Absolutely, um, that would be good stuff. All right, guys, just so we can keep moving, um, we are we are not doing a what did Joe read this week? Obviously, because Joe is on special assignment. But we are going to yeah. do Paul's pick of the week. So, Paul, what was your pick for the week? My pick of the week is Mister Miracle number four by DC Comics. Um, this is one of the books that every week it comes out, I want to pick it as the pick of the week, <laughs> just because I don't know, you know. At this point, I think it's official. I'm a huge like Tom King fan girl at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Practical stalker. Everything he does is amazing. It's 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 a book that if like someone asks me what it's about, I can't even really tell them what it's about. It's just really existential and weird. But just every word, I feel like every word he chooses on every panel is just, like, methodically placed. It's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm reading it issue to issue, but I cannot wait for a hardcover to come out for me to reread it, reread it, like, beginning to end. And uh, this issue is just, like, a trial that takes place in Big Barda and, you know, Mr. Miracle's, like, living room. It, it is just so weird. It is just so great. Man, Tom King is just super good at this weird stuff, you know. From Vision to this, if you if you enjoyed Vision, you, you absolutely love Mister Miracle. Mm. Every issue has just been fantastic, and, and and Mitch Garrett's art is just great for it. So that's definitely my pick of the week is Mister Miracle number four. That's wow, awesome. Come He's been Scott doing great work with Batman. Batman. Oh, Batman's just been fantastic. Yeah, so his Batman, like those with Mikhail. Uh... Janin, Yannin, however you pronounce his name. I mean, his art is just phenomenal. My that was my pick. I think last week was uh, Batman thirty three, or the week before. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, it was the week before. But man, Tom King, he's just killing it. Yep, yep, I agree. I'm gonna have to uh, good. I'm gonna get that trade. I wait. I won't get the comics. I'll get the trade of Mister Miracle. Then I, I think yeah, I think when you get the trade and read the story, you know. 
the whole thing it's going to be a little bit better because I'm like you I'm a big, I'm a trade guy I like to get the collections and and read the whole story because there's so many books I read week to week I kind of have to like sometimes I have to go back to the week you know the month prior and kind of skim it just to catch myself up because there's so many books I read every week yeah me too yeah, that's a lot of bandwidth to uh, to devote to TV and comics. Balls all over both. Um, <laughs> yeah. And what are you looking forward to for next week? So this this is for Corbin because he's talking about he was talking about the Punisher earlier, but uh, Punisher two eighteen. It's um, the new you know the new legacy title for, for the Punisher that Marvel's putting out all these legacy titles with the renumbering. Um, and it's basically Frank Castle gets recruited um, by Nick Fury, and he's given the War Machine armor because War Machine obviously died in spoiler alert in a Civil War two. So I'm just kind of curious what Frank Castle is going to do with you know the War Machine armor and basically give him free reign to take him his war on crime from the streets like to the world. So, uh, <laughs> That's kind of he's absurd. Gonna, he's going to kill Castle. everyone. He's going to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. <laughs> what else is he going to do? <laughs> and I just want to—I want to read that. I don't know why. I just like. Huh. Uh, yeah, no. It's, they got to escalate the villains, right? At least. Yeah, I mean, it's going to blow up in everyone's face, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. See how they do that. That great. sounds crazy. That sounds awesome, actually. Based <laughs> on your uh, recommendation, I, I might have to look into that. Yeah. I've been reading Frank the, the Punisher with the war machine armor. <laughs> Have you been reading the uh, the Punisher the the platoon the one that uh, Garth Ennis yeah. is writing? So good, Garth Ennis's war. Anything with war and Garth Ennis, he just he nails it. Yeah, and and Punisher, he's so good. He's my favorite Punisher writer. Oh yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody that would argue that. Yep. At all. Yeah, platoon's been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Today. Math chaos. I like the way you guys—you guys are like all super excited, and everybody's gonna start going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of brought the whole thing back down. Um, no, it's good. Um, Corbin, what? Let's since we got one spot to fill, let's go ahead and go with you. What book or what what comic or graphic novel has really turned you on recently? Well, like I was saying, the Tom King Batman stuff, the the Joker Riddler War was was pretty great. Well, and he and the one he did previously the arc with um when he broke into uh whatever Bane's Island was that whole thing yes. too. Yeah, to, I to, Bane, to steal yeah. the psycho pirate back and I mean all that just it's that that kind of he does the uh the long con and, and that's oh, my favorite so type that's my favorite type of Batman story is a solo well, I don't like none of the Robin and those guys and it's just Batman and he's got it all figured out and, it, and he, you know, you think he's down, but that's actually all part of the plan. And then in the end, it all comes together, and it's just—it's so satisfying. Well, I, I 100% agree. The la, the the War of Jokes and Riddles, by it's a Batman book, and it's the War of Jokes and Riddles. So you think, oh, it's, you know, you got Batman, you got Joker, you got Riddler. Batman's the main character, barely, just because Batman's on the title. But when the the actual like one of the main characters is Kite Man. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Yep. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? It's like Tom <laughs> King's joke on the world. They're like, you know what? I'm going to make the story about Kite Man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's an and again, the, and the art. And the, the and art. art. Things. Yeah. Like some of the art, like the art in, during the Bane stuff, some of the stuff they were doing where they had those, those splash pages were just, Oh, I mean, yeah, it's just, just everyone is just, you could mount that stuff on your wall. It's so good. Yeah, Tom King's run with the artists on this Batman run, I think will be remembered as something special, like, down the road, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, so the topic, I had a little trouble picking out a topic this week. It was like, Paul, you wanted to do the Thor movie, but I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And then Corbin, I don't think you've seen it yet. Nope, I haven't seen it yet. So we were kind of like a, a three-legged stool for a minute or two. But since we did have, um, you know, one, definitely one filmmaker, but possibly a few come on this week. 
I thought it yeah. might be fun to talk about uh, sequels and reboots versus new content and non-franchise content, uh, which we kind of talked, uh, you know, poked at that topic a little bit earlier. Um, but, you know, there's one movie I like to bring it to, and it, it's not fair because it did end up becoming a franchise, but when I was 12 and saw the original Highlanders, I was just looking for a movie to see on a weekend and was completely blown away. I couldn't think anything like it. I have never seen a movie that was that seemingly new on its own again since then. Are we just going to be in a glut of franchise from now on? Or what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, yes, we will. We are. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if you're looking to the major studios, you're you're only going to see things that you've already seen before. Mm-hmm. Is that just the risk aversion, you think? Is that the primary driver of that? 100%. 100% risk aversion. It's it's looking for a return on your investment. That's why we have like five Transformers movies, you know? Yeah. Except Christopher, Christopher Nolan is the only hope because he's the only guy that's got the cachet to do something big and original. So if he wants to do something, like, you know, maybe. But other than that, like, you look, James Cameron is making four more Avatar movies. I mean, even right because because everybody's he, clamoring for those. I know, and yeah. then he's gonna do. He's gonna reboot Terminator, so it's just oh, come on, right? Something original, please. Well, you and that's a good you, point. And, and you talk about guys like uh, you were just talking about Nolan. Nolan's an outlier, you know what I mean? Cameron's yep. an outlier. These mm. these are not the norm. Uh, most filmmakers are not uh, Cameron and Nolan. Most filmmakers are Brett Ratner and. You don't get to make what you want. You get to make what the studios are, are telling you you're going to make. And we're, we're looking at a lot of reboots. And, yeah, no, I agree. There's If you're, if you're looking for something original, you're going to have to look uh, micro-budget. Yep. Or I think the other thing, though, is – and I just read an article recently about David Fincher talking about, like, why he, he saw the – not so much the writing on the wall, but he saw what Netflix could offer, and that's why he got on board with House of Cards, like, right at the beginning. And right. I think that's where – Maybe you have the potential to have some. I mean, they're obviously because they're. I think Netflix. They're doing a, a Dark Crystal sequel, which is like oh, every <laughs> prequel. Yeah, but but I think maybe that's where you might see something. I don't know. Maybe one of those guys because they can take a risk because they've got so much money that they can do something like that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, there, there's I think quite you can, a few. You can definitely find. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. So I was just saying, there's quite a few Netflix original movies too, not just TV series. Right. So, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you you'll find things like Stranger Things, and if you know, there there are going to be people pitching pilots to series like Stranger Things that are going to get picked up, and you'll see some original things here and there, just kind of peppered throughout the landscape. But for the most part, it's going to be stuff that we all know. Yep. Um, I mean, come on, Amazon's talking about remaking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Maybe maybe the best we can hope for though is something like, even though they, it is a sequel, but I was just you think about something like like Fury Mad Max Fury Road, which is I mean I don't know if that may be the greatest sequel ever made because it just blows everything out of the water. So maybe maybe we can maybe that's the best we can hope for is that some sequel comes along and rewrites the the previous thing. Right. I'm just glad that the world finally got to recognize the unsung genius of George Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, totally. you, you say but that. The, but Happy Feet was like a breakaway uh, smash hit film, you know. That was Happy Feet's pretty Happy great Feet. too. <laughs> yeah, Happy yeah, awesome. totally. Yeah. I love Happy. But Feet. that being that being said, movie. Road Warrior is like one of my all favorite movies. So, and if George Miller had got to make his his Justice League back in whenever that oh. was, right before the writer strike, they were one. You know, the writer strike hit, and they were they had one rewrite to do on the script, and that's why they couldn't go forward. Like they were already fitting costumes. That's how close they were. Wow. Yeah, but think about it this way. If they had gone through with that, he would have never gotten back the rights to uh, the Mad Max franchise, and we wouldn't have gotten Fury Road. And we would have been stuck with the guy who ruined the Lone Ranger playing Batman. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. He ruined the Lone Ranger. (laughs) Honestly, I didn't mind the Lone Ranger. I'm going to stand up for the Lone Ranger. Nice. Well, That's a bold can, move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. we, we, you can do that. But, um, I, was a huge fan of, I was a huge fan of Clayton Moore. Matter of fact, the front room of my house has a picture of my dad with Clayton Moore. 
So I, I will never I will never buy a Lone Ranger that's not Clayton Moore until it is an excellent Lone Ranger. Not- <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm also I'm a John Carter apologist too. So oh, you I love like, John Carter. Like John it was great. I like, I like John that. Carter great. quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I really it was so like good. That. How yeah, do people shit on that movie? It's so good. Yeah, well, the know. thing yeah. is, the problem with John Carter is that Star Wars, Star Trek, every other sci-fi movie had been stealing from it for the last hundred years. So by the time we actually see them put John Carter on the big screen, we're like, well, we've seen that before. Yeah. Alien Gladiator games, well, Star Wars did that in Attack of the Clones, and that movie sucked. You know, that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was also kind of a marketing failure on Disney's part with John yeah. Carter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, why the, didn't you put the words of Mars or and the Princess of Mars and why didn't they spend any money to go and market the movie? Well, one right. of the things I know that was Andrew Stanton had this idea that he just wanted people to show up and be surprised because that's what he used to do as a kid. I remember him talking about that. He used to just go to the movies and had no idea what he was going to go see. So he kind of he wanted to create that experience but not realizing we're not in that Air anymore. No, People saying. need to know exactly where they're going to see before they go to the movie. Right. So. I like it conceptually, but from a marketing standpoint, oh, it yeah. doesn't really work. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. How about we all like uh, promote our next projects by not telling anybody what they are? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm <laughs> doing a thing. You work. have no idea what it is, but you should watch it just because. I'm this guy, and you don't know my name at all. So, yeah. if, if like should... like we were talking about earlier, Christopher Nolan or uh, you know James Cameron makes something, and, and we don't know what it is, we'll go see it because it's Christopher Nolan or James Cameron. But if yeah. like me, if I make something, you don't know what it is, no one's gonna see it because <laughs> who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that's funny to me. Um, again, Corbin made this movie called Patterson's Wager, and it is a, it's you know it, it's a it's a very small scale superhero hero film is what it is in a way, mm-hmm. but the only reason I ever found it was because when I was getting ready for my first interview with Fred Awanek from Corner Gas, he had starred in that movie with Corbin, or that Corbin had made. Otherwise, I probably would have never even heard of it, you know, here in the states. And it's just what a shame that there's not a, something out there to help smaller, more. Um, low-budget movies get the word out about themselves, you know? that That's, I think, what I find most frustrating. I would spend yeah. money on stuff if I could find it, you know? Yeah, right. And there was. I mean, you remember when uh, Project Greenlight started back in the 90s? You know, it was all about helping independent filmmakers get their get their their visions produced, and then you know, and then it turns into Project Greenlight is working with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and it's like, well, wait a second, what happened to the uh, you know the the little guys? But uh, back then, micro, uh, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were the little guys. Yep. Yeah. You know, guys that yeah. have been in the industry for you know a ten year time at least already, and these were these are little guys to them. So. Micro guys are even littler than little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you guys think we'll see a point where, like, I don't know, like small filmmaker co-ops or something will start to exist where, you know, a a number of guys like yourselves would band together to help get the word out? Or what do you think is a way – do you think there is a way that small filmmakers working together or cooperatively could start to take some kind of fight to get some of that dollar that only goes to the large filmmakers. It's it, it, like you see with collective bargaining agreements with workers, there's definitely power in numbers. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I think if anyone gets the idea to do it, and I'm sure some people have to band together and use it, you know, you know, use a collective pool of, of their power uh, in dollars. Cause that's what really talks to, to get their content out there. Then absolutely. I think it could work. And that's I mean, also that's, sort of where the film festivals come in, too, because, you know, I've been to a, a number of film festivals, and you meet other filmmakers, and, and then, you know, you, you join this larger filmmaking community and stuff, and, and you get the word out that way. So, yeah, there certainly is a, is a push for that. And I've never tried it, but I know, like, you get the Facebook ads that you can – if you really, you know, drill down into that and you target people and you target your right audience, I think – the, I mean, obviously, you saw what happened with your election. You can, I was going to say, we know we can switch elections that way. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. you know, you can – I mean, I, there, I read somewhere that every every fifth um, 
uh, click on the internet is to Facebook. That would not shock me. That would not shock me. Yeah. Um, So I mean, Facebook is the way to do it. You just figure out your get in there and you pay for the ads and get them to target, you know, this, these, this group of people. And I don't know, I think it, I think it's, it's probably possible. It's, this takes a lot of work and trial and error, I think. Yeah. Hey, so uh, Corbin, when you are getting ready to do like a film uh, film festival tour or that sort of thing, yep. When you're picking what festivals you're going to go, uh, you know, participate in, how much do the local pizza parlors play into your decision making process? <laughs> <laughs> well, because you have to be accepted into a film festival, it's it's sort mm-hmm. of it's up to the film festival. I mean, they're but. I will tell you that absolutely, when, not, if I'm going to a film festival, the first thing I do is Google best pizza in wherever I'm going. <laughs> nice. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's not that I think I know you real well, but I think I know you just well enough to know what your motivations are. <laughs> yep. No, you're right. It's, awesome. it's, a, it's a constant consideration, though, for sure. Well, if you ever That's come right. to Olympia, Washington, you need to hit up Vix. Vix. Okay. Well, I was, I was just in Gig Harbor. Oh, okay. There's no Vicks in Gig Harbor. It's only Olympia. No, but I went to Shakey's in Renton, which is my favorite pizza, one of my favorite pizzas. So. Oh, nice. Every time I go to Renton, I'm afraid I'm going to get shot because they stick us at that red lion there off the freeway, and it is just accessible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's funny because Renton and because Red Lion, which is a company that I sell my hours to daily. So. Oh, really? I did not know that. <laughs> Indeed. Now you know. Yeah. I have to go I have to go to that one every year and I swear to God they, they did put me in a room one time where both the toilet and the phone didn't work. So when the <laughs> toilet backed up you couldn't call for help. <laughs> well I don't I don't work at the Renton Red Lion. It's I would say it's probably a franchise, but I don't know. I work at the Olympia Red Lion. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, All right. Hey guys, I want to thank uh uh, o Corbin Salikin and Ken Carlson, thank you guys for taking the time to uh, participate tonight. Um, let's do this real quick, just so people listening, Corbin, if people want to find out about what you're up to right now, or go check out your uh, newest short film, Last Halloween. Where can they do that at? Uh, well, Last Halloween, right now, I'm just touring it around, so it's not available yet. Um, but uh, Patterson's Wager is always available for people to watch. It's on iTunes and Amazon. And if you go to pattersonswager.com, there's links and there's a special edition DVD that you can get through there, which I know you have a copy of. I do have a copy. It's hanging on my wall. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Great. Yeah. My, uh, my, my travels around the world and through this podcast, it's also signed by the star and the writer and director. There we go. Ooh. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's pretty fancy. It's pretty high on my list of cool stuff I have. Uh, Ken, let's talk. Uh, why don't you tell everybody about Dead Drift and what's going on with Penny Palabras? Yeah, for sure. What's, um, Dead Drift is a 16-episode science fiction comedy web series mm-hmm. that you can watch at deaddriftshow.com. Uh, all 16 episodes are up there. It basically ends up being a feature-length film. Uh, it's really funny. It's really irreverent. It's, it's kind of like Red Dwarf if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, just silly, ridiculous, zany uh, science fiction comedy at deaddriftshow.com. And then uh, Penny Palabras is a uh, kind of a supernatural thriller, horror, uh, ghost story based on a graphic novel by the author James Willard that I've spent the last year of my life adapting into a feature film, which will be released sometime next year. And you can, you can learn more about that at pennypalabras.com. Very cool. Yeah, that's a lot of good stuff. So uh, everybody listening, uh, get, go check these guys out. they got a lot of cool content behind them. And I hope a lot more coming up soon from them. Um, Paul, if people want to catch you on the interwebs, where can they catch you at? I tweet at paulviera 79 All right. Also, just a quick housekeeping note, we will be taking time off as we have. A- Uh-oh, we lost Jeremy. Oh, he dropped out. We did. We're taking some time off for the for the uh, the holidays coming up, and uh, myself and maybe Joe from Joe at on Joe podcast might be taking over. So Jeremy has some time off. But and he was talking about dropping out the whole episode, and uh, now he finally actually dropped out. (laughs) And he did. So uh, yeah, we might be taking some weeks off, or we might be getting guys like you to join myself and Joe to kind of take over and do the live podcast and talk about comics 
and what's not. So more to come on that. All right, sounds good. Sweet. All right, all right, guys. Thanks for uh, hopping in, and uh, Jeremy will probably hit you guys up. And uh, it was nice talking to you guys again. <laughs> all right, thanks a lot. For yeah, no us. problemo. Right, yeah, thanks, Paul. Ciao. Thanks, Corbin. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, likewise. It was fun. All right, ciao, guys. All right. Bye. Later, dudes.